Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with two-time Super Bowl winner Carl Banks and the voice of the Giants, Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa with two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Carl, what did you say in 1990 with Lawrence Taylor when you guys were sitting on the bench? You had your we're back. Around. We're back. Here we are. <laughs> Off the bye. Yeah. We got the Houston Texans coming into town this week at MetLife Stadium, which feels like it's like the Giants' 400th home game. Feels like they had a lot of home <laughs> That's awesome, though. That just tells you the enthusiasm uh, that this this home crowd has, has brought to every game and – it just, again, you know, we were talking about making the house a home. I think they've made it a home. Like, if they show up in mass again after this bye week, they're, well, I, I know the fan base is fully bought in, but they are, like, completely emotionally bought into this team if they show up again like they've done the first part of the season. Yeah, I mean, this is home game number four, I mean, number five. Remember, mm-hmm. last year they added a 17th game. So the Giants' 17th game was a road game against the AFC East. This year, all the NFC teams are home for the extra game, which was the Giants' home game against the Ravens. That was 17. So you got nine home games, which feels like they got a lot of home games this year. Um, Let's talk about the big news, though. A player that we both love on the field Mm -hmm. and who we have a lot of respect for off the field because he's a genuinely a good guy. But the Xavier McKinney thing is just a huge blow for this team. You know, when he was talking to the media, you don't even know if he's going to be able to come back this season. Um, He's he's out definitely four weeks uh, because he was placed on the list, the the injured reserve list, non-football related injury. So uh, first of all, your take on sort of the situation at hand. Well, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, number one, and no one feels worse about what has happened than Xavier McKinney. Let me just put that out there, and I'm I'm wishing him the best. And, you know, it's kind of a cautionary tale of um, listening but don't but not hearing, meaning the bye week, you're still in season. Um, it's not a vacation week. And young players and old players have to treat this like, okay, I'm going to rest, rejuvenate, renew. Um, Again, Xavier McKinney didn't go out with the intent of doing anything reckless and probably what he thought uh, was going to be a harmless, you know, sightseeing tour um, ended up with it where it ended up. So it's not like he was skydiving or, you know, zip lining and all this stuff, stuff happened. And we don't know everything, but we I, I trust him at his word when he said what was happening, right? But that you cannot treat as your mid-season getaway. It's your mid-season rejuvenate. And you know, every year there's something somewhere in the NFL like this, and you know, you impact you know, the rest of your team, and you don't really um, consider that when you're saying, hey, look, I'm doing something harmless. And it could happen. He, he could have uh, fallen through a table at his own house, right? But the thing is, you go home, 
during bye weeks, NFL players, you wrap yourself in bubble wrap. You have some moms, good, good moms cooking. If you want to, if you want to see people, have people come to the house and just take it like as if it were a lazy Saturday for a full week, lights off in the house, play video games, do whatever. But I get it. But you have an off season for that. Um, when you want to go and do things. And again, I'm not beating up on Xavier McKinney uh, because he was reckless. I'm just saying it's it happens, shit happens, and it, it increases when you when you 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 do certain activities or things or places um, that you could probably experience in the off season. You know? Right. So I, I, I agree with you, but I have a little different vision of it. Right. Uh, you're 23 years old. You got to buy a week. You want to get away. You want to go someplace where it's warm and go to a beach or whatever. Mm -hmm. You want to hang with some friends. I got no I, I have no problem with that. These are human beings. We always talk about the fact that they're human beings. And I know that they're in season. And I know that you've got to continue to take care of your body because you're off that week, but you're not really off. It's not like you could go eat, you know, two pizzas a day and, and, you know, abuse your body. You got to make sure you get your workouts in and everything else. My, my point of it is that's part is fine, but you've been away. I've been away. We have kids. If you want to go parasailing, or you want to go paddle boarding, or you want to go out on a boat, or you want to go on jet skis, or you want to go on an ATV, or you want to go horseback riding, you got to sign a waiver because accidents happen. So they make you sign a waiver. And to me, the poor judgment is, okay, you're going to go away. You're going to go on wine and stuff. Don't do any activities where you have to sign a waiver. Mm -hmm. You don't have to sign a waiver to sit on the beach, go in the water, go in the pool hang out, have a cocktail, you know, whatever, play ping pong, whatever, go play some golf. But if you have to, if, if there's any activity that you want to do during your bye week and you're on vacation where you have to sign a waiver, that means that there's an element of danger to it. Stay away from it. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Like it's again, it's still in season. There's a lot at stake. Your coaches, teammates, they spend the whole bye week planning on how to get you um, involved in more plays. And that goes for every guy on the team as they, they look at game plans and the guys that they have healthy and that they can count on. So um, they didn't anticipate uh, coming off a break and, and not having their star safety. Uh, it's unfortunate. Again, I know no one feels worse than Xavier McKinney for, for a multitude of reasons. He's the captain of the team. Yeah, uh, he's one of their leaders. So, um, but it just serves as a cautionary tale to NFL player. The break is not a vacation. And if you go on one, like you said, don't do anything where you got to sign a waiver. The worst thing that should happen to you when you go to a place like that is food poisoning. Right. I just, just don't risk it. It's, it's just, you know, the things that are, that are too important at this point are your job and your teammates. Um, the vacation comes after the season. If you want a midweek getaway, get away and do nothing, right? Just get away, go, like you said, sit on the beach, 
anything that requires a waiver, like you said, I'm not doing it. Can't do it. You know. Um, now, I, uh, on my Twitter timeline, at Bob Papa underscore NFL, your Twitter timeline, there were a lot of angry fans that said he should be fined. I guess, you know, there's a lot of avenues a team can take. But I don't know what's in his contract, but a lot of times there's activity. He's not getting paid. Non-football-related injury. They have options. But have I, options. I mean, right. And, and look, I don't think they're li- looking to punish him, per se. But when you have a non-football-related injury, I think, you know, they seem to have some protections, too. Sure. Um, and I think as long as everything checks out with the story, which at least we take his word for it, and I'm sure the team has investigated it and vetted it as best as they can. You know, look, if it was an honest mistake, it's an honest mistake. It's bad judgment. He's a core player for this team and for this franchise moving forward. And, you know, it's, it becomes a cautionary tale and hopefully he's going to be okay. The fact that he needed surgery and there's some question as to whether he's even going to be back this season is alarming. Um, so now let's go to football. How do you replace Xavier McKinney? And I know you could say next man up, but mm-hmm. there's nobody on the roster that right. plays his position that has his skill set. And as you always, and I have always talked about, he has an effortless movement about him mm-hmm. that makes him different than other people. So how do you, fi- how do you, how do you, how do you fill this void? Well, look, this team has pretty much lived on adjustments. Um, Wink Martindale has a, he has other options available to him, but those options probably would include would not include some of the things he would be able to do with Xavier McKinney. They have Landon Collins on the roster, right? Julian Love has a great sense of spacing as well. Um but I would say you'll probably start to see more of uh Landon Collins and Look, you you start to look at the roster and you try to see, okay, what teams can really uh, threaten us at the safety position. And you're coming up in another week uh, up against conference. You start to play your conference, I mean, your division. And just about every team in the division has got an offense that will put some stress on your safety position. So um, we'll see what Wink comes up with. He, they, you know, played the cards they've been dealt all season. Um, I don't think he's going to throw, throw up his hands and say, I can't, I can't do it without McKinney, but we'll just see what shows up on the roster. Uh, Kenny Galladay's back practicing. Um, you know, I, I think he's energized to get back and, and be a part of what's mm-hmm. going on here. Um, I think that's genuine. I, I, I don't, want to speak for what's in his heart, but I, I sense that he's looking forward to getting back there from a realistic standpoint, or maybe, maybe just the fact of the emergence, hear me out on this theory, the emergence of Darius Slayton as somebody who can be a deep threat, who has drawn defensive pass interferences had, has made some plays and you can at least push the ball down the field. Does that maybe help us see a more productive Kenny Galladay within the framework of what they want to do offensively? Because let's face it, he's not running really by anybody. Sure. Okay. It's he's not the same player he was in 2019, but he's still their most accomplished receiver on the roster. So what do you expect from him? I think another healthy body 
period, another healthy, capable body, another healthy body that is used to catching passes uh, will help this offense. Um, I've contended and I will continue to say that I don't think Kenny Colladay is washed. He's just got to be his best self and he's going to make a major contribution to uh, this giant offense. What is his best self? We're going to find out. Um, I just, he's just never been healthy enough to really give them anything. And, you know, we've, we've all kind of uh, had some things to say, you know, he's route running is this is that, but you know, he hasn't been healthy. We'll see. I think, you know, whatever his best self is, is going to uh, uplift this offense in a productive way. If he can stay on the field healthy, he's going to give them something um, that will help them uh, improve this offense. Uh, I want to share a little story with our audience. Um, when you and I were in the building together on Monday, um, getting ready to take the Coach Dable show, how cool was it to see Sterling Shepard? I mean, he's got the brace on. He's got the surgery done. He's hanging out in the TV area for a little bit. He's in there visiting with our production crew. We see him in the cafeteria. Uh, his personality is so damn infectious. Yeah, I, it was awesome to see him. It was awesome he, to see him. Sterling Shepard is that light bulb in a dark room. Like he flips the switch on and he lightens up the entire mood, the entire room. He is just such an incredible uh, young man. And that's just a, a testament to his leadership too, is that he finds a way naturally to just make people feel great. Just walking right? in the cafeteria, he makes Walks you feel in, good. Walks in, he makes people feel great. He's got a smile on his face and, um, you know, he's just such a great giant. Uh, in so many non-football ways, um, whatever he's accomplished on the field, and, and and I'm not sure if he wants to play again. Maybe he does, right? But you know he is how players say, pure you, you, know, you, you know how players are. They never want to go out on injury, right? Well, I no, mean, they, they don't. They don't. But you know what? Sterling's super smart, and he, he's he's been even before his injury, looking at other things, right? So I'm sure he'll have some options, but he's going to work. He's going to, because I think he loves being around the guys too. So he'll work, he'll rehab um, and do everything he needs to do. But listen, he's just such an incredible human being, man. I call him my nephew. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, fans, basketball's back. Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. As your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join, receive 50% welcome bonus 
on your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V if you haven't figured that out yet. To receive your rewards, bet online where the game starts. So uh, where the game starts, Carl, is Sunday. Houston Texans mm-hmm. are coming in. Uh, they're 1-6-1. and one. Um, They play hard. Lovey Smith's teams play hard. Hey, they played hard last year when David Culley was the head coach. Sure. Going through that whole Deshaun Watson, you know, backdrop and everything else. They played hard. Mm-hmm. They're just not that good. Um, but they do have a running back in Damian Pierce, who they drafted out of the University of Florida, who's a fantastic player. So give me a little give me a little scouting report on 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 what Giants fans can expect out of Houston this week. Well, first, you know, you you, you are what your record says you are, right? Mm-hmm. But you're still in the NFL. Right. So if the Giants um walk into this game thinking that they got a cakewalk, just look at how well they played Philly for as long as they could. And I would venture to say Philly has a lot more talent um, on the field right now than the Giants. And they they were pushing Philly pretty good until, you know, the better team stepped up. Um, this Giant team has to come out and play uh, – this Houston, Texas team is like they are the Tennessee Titans. They got to treat them, treat uh, Pierce, this running back, as if he's the best in the league because he's one of the best. They got to treat uh, Pierce like he is um, Kenneth Walker. You know, you got, he is the guy that kind of gets things going for them. And I will just say this right now on this podcast to Tay Crowder. You get a shot. You better wrap him up because if you try to blow him up, you're going to knock him another 10 or 15 yards to all of these defensive players. You get a shot on this kid, Pierce, your best route is to wrap him up and make sure you got other teammates in pursuit because, you know, you throw a shoulder in there. I cut the film on and I'm, I'm doing some, some film study. Every time someone tries to go in there and blow him up with a shoulder, he just bounces off and goes another five or six yards. So you just got to make sure when you when you get this young man bottled in, you got to wrap him up. There's no, you know, if you're going to try to blow him up, you better make sure somebody made the first hit and got him around the legs, and then you can go blow him up. You know, and then conversely, Houston is ranked dead last in run defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're 19th in pass defense. They've given up. Uh, did a little deep dive early prep. They've given up 11 runs of 20 or more yards, including mm-hmm. two of them for touchdowns. Now the Giants have eight runs of 20 or more yards. Barkley has six. Daniel Jones has two. Carl, they got to, you know, they got to get the run game going. Seattle did a good job of choking it off. I'm not sure Houston has the same kind of defensive personnel that uh, Seattle has. But that combination of Jones and Barkley and figuring out ways. Now they got to figure out the counter move, right? Because teams are going to look at what Seattle did and try to cut that off. The Giants are going to have to find the counter move this week because without a run game, you know, now you wind up putting yourself in peril. Sure. Um, and then I'll, I'll say it again. You are what your record says you are. You are where your rankings say you are until 
you're not. So again, don't walk in saying, assuming you can just go in and run the ball and they're going to allow you because they're ranked at the bottom of the league. Nope, they don't want to be ranked in the bottom of the league. Nothing would help them more than to come in and shut your running game down because it moves them up, makes them feel better, and they shut you down at what you want to do best. And that is the um, the art of game planning is to take away what a team does best. The Giants run the ball, uh, and that's what gets this offense going. Uh, they're going to want to do that. The Giants' mindset has to be, hey, we want you to play to your ranking. We don't want you to play above your ranking. And the only way they can do that is to uh, impose their will um, and assert their their plan in executing it. You know, the Giants don't have a team necessarily built to blow anybody out. I mean, let's face it. They've trailed in all eight games this season. Mm -hmm. They have six come from behind wins. Um, but this is a rare situation for the Giants in this sense. And I'm curious to see how they're going to handle it. I know how the coaching staff's going to handle it. I know what the messaging is going to be, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's individual players and what's in their mind. It'll be curious to see how they handle playing at home and playing in a game that they're fully expected to win other than the bears game. I mean, you can make the case that Carolina could have come in and beat them. Yeah. Uh, you knew the Dallas game was going to be tough. <laughs> hey, listen, most people thought that the Giants weren't going to beat the Baltimore Ravens, and they did when they came into MetLife Stadium. So now there's a game where the Giants are favored, and everybody thinks that the Giants should win this football game. So my question is, how do they deal with that? The same way they've dealt with their other six victories walk in and take nothing for granted take the field execute your game plan uh being an underdog <clears throat> you fight um for execution because you don't want to lose games you want the other team to lose games so uh they just have to take that same mantra and i don't i don't see this coaching staff as one that's going to make them practice any harder than they've already practiced they're going to continue to emphasize the things that they emphasize because there are no, you know, Giants are not in a position to think that they this is a trap game for them. No, um, this is a game that look they just got to prepare uh, to execute their plan. It's not, you know, there used to be times where, uh, and you hear this all the time, even past when I played, you know, trap game, trap game, trap game, and the coach was extra hard on them, wanted to make sure he got their attention in practice, and he, you know, was yelling, he was extra you know, doing the most because he just didn't want the players to have a letdown. I don't think this team is in danger of having a letdown um, because there's so many things they have to correct on a week-to-week -week basis. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I think Coach Dable's messaging from the beginning of the season to his team internally is, you know, we're not the we're not going to draw the prettiest picture. We got to right. be ugly. And, you know, it's not like this is uh, – it's not like this is a team that's rolling people and 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 that's where you can see where mm -hmm. there's a trap like Kansas City can have a trap game or Buffalo sure. can have a trap game or teams of that ilk. I don't think the Giants are in that position. Um, you know, hopefully they can get O'Shane Zimenez back. It looks like Cordell Flott is making progress. That would help. Uh Galladay, it's good. 
Yeah, I don't think Neil's going this week. Okay. Um, but Lemieux is at least the clock is ticking on Lemieux. His 21-day window coming off IR is opened up, so that would be uh, a nice get to get him back in the lineup. And then in another another week of Nick effing Gates. Yeah, that's your boy. That's right, I'm Nick excited, Gates. Excited man, I'm I'm so excited for him. So excited. Does he know about um? Does he know about this podcast? What Nick fucking Gates? When I shouted him out, I'm sure yeah. somebody told him. I'm looking forward to shouting him out every time he, because he's a beast, man. I, I like watching him play. So let me ask you about Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously getting a lot of pressure. He's doing a lot of things, batting down passes. He's disruptive. So now the next component of all this, Carl, is kind of now finishing because he's got the one sack. Mm-hmm. But the Giants are going to need him moving forward kind of finish a little bit on some of these plays and i'm not this is not i'm not, I'm not knocking on them. i'm just looking at the natural evolution of a young player yeah so um i've called them the closer for a reason um but what we've seen from him he's kind of digested the league i think he's seen everything of, of how he can be blocked or how teams will uh, uh try to block him i think his next the next phase of this rookie season for him is to now convert some of his speed into power or start to combine some of his tools and not just use the tool that that works for that particular play, but almost like a counter, but not, okay, if I can't get around, I'm going to spin. He might have to combine some stuff. He has to do some combo rushes, like some speed to power stuff. Um because he can get around the edge. You say he gets close, he gets close. Sometimes you have to convert that speed into a power rush or a power rush into a speed rush. Um, and he has some options. And I think just having a chance to kind of digest everything and how teams are, are, are and tackles are going to block him. Now I think it's time for him to add that next phase uh, and close out some of these close ones. It's going to be interesting to see um, what this game brings as far as the Giants are concerned. I'm curious as they get some of these guys back. um, They look like they're having fun out there. You know who we didn't mention here, Carl? We got to mention Brandon Cooks because, Uh, you know, he didn't play in that Philly game. Uh, He wanted to get traded, all that other stuff. Lovey Smith said, you know, he'll be back in the building, you know, can't forget about him because th- he he might be one of the most intriguing players mm-hmm. in the NFL. I'm gonna take out my little my little chart here, and then so when we like finish the, him, we're gonna go Jerry Hughes. But yeah, I mean, so he had 90 catches last year. He's been with the Saints. He's been with the Patriots. He's been with the Rams. He's with the Houston Texans. In his previous eight seasons, he's had. Six 1,000-yard seasons. He's Mm -hmm. one of these guys that puts up numbers but always gets traded. So, like, I can't figure out why teams are always looking to move him because he's productive. Yeah. Um, But he's somebody that the Giants have to make sure doesn't wreck the game on Sunday either. Yeah, he is. He's an excellent route runner. He's got really good speed. And if there's a guy that can threaten a a safety position – um, it would be him. I mean, he plays, he plays inside. He can run outside. Um, he, 
you know, but he's just got great speed and great precision route running. So yeah, he's a guy that they definitely have to pay attention to. And then on the offensive line too, Jerry Hughes, you know, he's a, uh, he's a ageless wonder right now. I mean, he's, he's up there in years and he's just as productive as he was in his third year in the league. So that's the offensive line is going to be challenged to stop him. Anything else to get off your chest? No, nope. I think this is it. I think we're going to find out about uh, this giant team. Um, can they, I don't want to say can they stand prosperity, but can they keep good going? Can they win a game that they're supposed to win? Can they feel like they, they're supposed to win the game? You know, you walk in, uh, you see what a team's record are, is, but can you come in and then, you know, just, just win the game the way you're supposed to win it and not, I, I don't want to say play down to the opponent, but, you know, be your, give your best effort. And I, I just like the fact that Kenny Galladay is a go this week. I really want to see what he brings to this offense. Yeah. And I'd like to see the giants in this game. Look, I, I'm assuming the game is going to be tight in the fourth quarter because all Giants games are. <laughs> but I'd like to see the Giants. To me, it would be nice to see the Giants have a game in control. Now, I'm not saying the Giants right. win by 30. But what I feel like is they're kind of in control of this game. They're mm -hmm. dictating the terms. And, yeah, it may be close. But anytime Houston does something, the Giants will have an answer for it. And the put the pressure on Houston yeah. to have to respond as opposed to the giants and all these games having a mm -hmm. chase a little bit. I want to go on a different topic here just quickly. Have you ever been approached to be a head coach in the NFL? <laughs> no, no, you know, I've been approached about coaching, but no. So, I know with an interim head coach, you know, the Rooney rule does not apply at the end of the season. Indianapolis will have to go through that, go through that process, depending on what mm -hmm. they're going to do. But was that the most bizarre press conference you ever saw in your life with the owner of the Colts and the reasoning behind hiring a guy whose only experience coaching was a high school and is a yeah. TV analyst? and is now the head coach of an NFL football team? Yeah, I, um, look, I wish Jeff Saturday nothing but the best. And um, I'm sure he has some competency. Um, but that's like hiring Tony Robbins to come because he's a great motivator, right? Or Deepak Chopra coming in to, because they can speak well and get people motivated about feeling good about themselves. It's basically what he says Saturday is. He's a great motivator. He's a great leader, and he knows football. Well, I know football, too. Um, I'm a great motivator, a great leader, and I don't think Jeff Saturday took that job or accepted it thinking that he would fail. But the slap in the face, aside from the Rooney rule, there should be a, a common sense rule, right? You've got so much experience on your sideline as coaches. And then you have a guy who's going through the process the right way in Reggie Wayne, uh, who's got just as much experience 
as a Jeff Saturday. So it's just, look, that's them. They can do whatever they want, clearly. It's bizarre. I think um, Saturday standing in front of the team, calling a coaches meeting with a bunch of coaches that, uh, and you can't fire them all because where are you going to get another coach, right? So he's looking looking around the room. He's going to need some support somewhere. And it's a lot of those coaches who probably thought they should have been the interim head coach, right? And Jim Ursay can come in and say, look, you guys help him out. I'm going to fire you or whatever. And they may say, okay, we'll do what we can, but um, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll even see if the players respect him enough um, to, to really rally behind him because and it's not, not just the fact that he's not qualified. They haven't built anything with him. They don't know his voice, right? So if he comes in, he doesn't know them to that level because they haven't been in camp together. He hasn't. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm wishing Jeff the best. It's just, just defied common sense to me, the, the selection. But, hey, you know, it's never been done until it's been done. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, he was uh he was actually one of my students at NFL broadcast boot camp when he was still a player. Good dude. Yeah. Uh, I wish him nothing but the best. But I remember when I was with the Nets and old veteran assistant coach Don Chaney, who had been around forever. He'd gotten some chances to be a head coach, but he was really mm -hmm. just one of those tried and true assistants. And I remember I think Calipari got kicked out of a game or Byron Scott. I don't remember, but you know, you got the assistant coaches sitting there. And I remember Cheney saying to me once, he said, you know, just moving one seat over changes everything. Yeah. When the coach gets kicked out because, you know, you're worrying about the defense or plays. You're thinking about that guy's got to worry about a lot of other stuff. And yeah. that's basketball, which is pretty simple. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, this this whole thing is this is nuts. All the things well, that are non-football related that are now on this guy's plate. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the owner, I'm sure the owner will uh, take some of that off his plate. But here's, if I wanted to flip this argument on its head and they're saying, well, he got the job with no experience. Well, maybe this is Ursay's way of saying, I'm giving him actual experience. So after this year, he, no one can ever say he's never coached a game. Right. So he is getting experience. He's not, he's not the permanent replacement, I don't think. <laughs> but if, win all if, their games. But if you're fast tracking a guy through the system and he needs some experience, put him in there. Now he's got more experience than any of the other interns. You know, that's, I guess that's one way you can look at it. That's nuts. All right, Carl. Uh, how do we like to end this thing? Tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Thanks for the folks here at the link. Uh, and Pontevedra for providing the nice space for me. How's the weather? The storm's coming. Storm is coming. Yeah, hurricane's coming. Oh, boy. I got to get out of here. I got to get back to New Jersey. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Believe in Giants. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.